Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. I've got a word for you today. How many are ready to hear from God? I believe that no matter what we're walking, there is always a need for a relevant word in our lives. A word that will strengthen us, encourage us, empower us, give us hope, enable us to forge and to make it to the other side. Sometimes in the journey, we wonder, am I going to make it to the other side of this battle, to the other side of this circumstance? Is this ever going to come to an end? Well, my word to you is yes, but we need, it's imperative, keep our eyes focused on the Lord. And part of that is receiving a, a fresh filling of His Spirit that gives us the faith, gives us the courage, gives, up the, gives us the hope that we need to continue on and to fight the good fight of faith. You know, this life is, is really about a battle. It's a battle between good and evil and, 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 and to be empowered and, and to feel the presence of God, be filled with the presence of God. That's a game changer. That's a game changer. It changes our whole psyche, how we view things. We stop looking at ourselves as a victim and, and we begin to see ourselves as a champion. And, and so today I'm looking at champions in this auditorium. Today I'm speaking to champions who are watching online. And so part of being a champion is understanding our need. And do you know you'll find when you live life, you can't live life without needing a refill. Right? Think about it. You pull your car into a gas station periodically. Why? To refill your truck or your vehicle with gas. If you go out to eat and your beverage or your cup of coffee is down low or it's gotten cold, you ask the waitress for a refill. If you have a water softener in your home, sooner or later you need to go down and pour another bag or a few bags of salt into the container. Why? Because it needs a refill. And do you know spiritually the same thing is applicable for our lives? Sooner or later, we all need a refill. And God, hallelujah for His faithfulness, He wants to give you a refill. Everybody lift your hands towards heaven. Look at the Lord as if you can see Him right through that sheetrock and say, Lord, I'm ready for a refill. Oh, some of you, you need to say with more enthusiasm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't survive unless I'm filled time and time and time again. Look towards heaven again one more time. Say it with passion and with authority. Lord, I'm ready for a refill. Come on. Now, why is a refill important? Because people still get sick. Poverty is still a worldwide issue. Addictions haven't released their grip. From people's lives. Mental illness is escalating. And when you look at Scripture, you'll find the same Jesus who healed, the same Jesus who fed the multitudes, delivered the oppressed, and restored broken people. You know He desires to do the same in you and through you. There's always a need for more. That's why we need a refill. But this will never happen we will never do what Jesus did. We will never be able to give away what we've been given if we're empty. 
How many of you have ever felt like you're empty? Lord, I don't have anything else to give. I don't even know if I can lift my hands. Lord, I'm just so empty. I'm so discouraged. If you feel that way, rather than embracing the emptiness, just say, Lord, I'm pulling in to your heavenly station, and I am ready for another refill. Being filled and refilled, that's what empowers you and I to do what Jesus did. Yes, God wants to meet our needs. It's very clear in Scripture. But God also wants to use us to meet the needs of others. We're blessed to be a blessing. Look at the Acts church. They understood this whole principle. Our text this morning, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Let me read it for you. And when they had prayed, this was the Christian church, those that were followers of Christ, fledgling state, newborn, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled. Everybody say all filled. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke what? The word of God with boldness. They were filled to spill. Theologians refer to this refilling of the Holy Spirit as a post-Pentecost filling. It tells us it's not a one-time event. In other words, it means to fill and keep on filling. You know, when you're using up what God places and instills within you, He always wants to replenish so we can continue to work. If you're doing chores around your property, sometimes the, the, the chainsaw may need to be filled time and time again. The leaf blower may need to be refilled with fuel time and time again. Why? Because it's continuing to fulfill a purpose, being filled time and time again so that the purpose of that tool you're utilizing can continue to fulfill what it's called to do. And the same thing with us. God just, just doesn't fill us to enjoy a good life. He wants us to be blessed in life. Amen. He, uh, the Beatitudes are actually the be happy attitudes. Blessed are those. Bless, bless, bless means happy. God wants to bless us. He wants us to experience good things in life, good things to happen to us and for us, you know, so that we can enjoy His goodness. But He also does that so we can spill over into the lives of others. Some people, they say, well, Pastor... Okay, I understand, you know, I, I need a refill, but why does it need to happen time and time again? You, you know, well, if we're continually being used, then absolutely we have to replenish our spiritual fuel. But sometimes, if we find ourselves in a state of stagnant, stagnant activity, you know, in, in the wintertime, you put certain tools, you know, into the shed, and, and, and you winterize them in advance. This past spring when I needed to get my chainsaw out to do some work around the property, I had found there was a leak in my chainsaw and all of the chainsaw oil that lubricates the chain had spilled out into the case I had it contained within. So what did I do? I refilled it. But I also had to take care of the leak. Do you know, yes, we need to replenish the fuel in our lives when we're being used by God. But another reason we need to be filled time and time and time again is because we leak. 
look at the person next to you or behind you, whatever, find someone and say, you have a leak. We leak. What do you mean we leak? Until our earthly bodies trade our mortality for immortality, we need to be refilled time and time and time again. We're flesh and blood. We're human. We get tired. You know, we break down. We run out of gas. We run out of energy. Sometimes we run out of vision. Sometimes we feel like we've, we've run out of hope. We've run out of purpose. If you're still breathing, there's still hope. If you're still breathing, there's still purpose. There's still something to be fulfilled. So rather than maintaining that current state of emptiness, recognize, okay, Lord, I leak, and take steps to be filled again and again and again. The book of Acts church, they understood this. And they also understood that if they were going to be filled time and time again, that this refill came through very simple word, prayer. Something that Satan wants to diminish its importance in our lives. We look at prayer as boring. We look at prayer as confusing. We look at prayer as something that is emotionless. Prayer is not that. That is what the enemy and the kingdom of darkness would want prayer to appear as. And if we're not praying the right way, what do you mean the right way? There is a way to pray. That's why the disciples came to Jesus. They didn't say to him, Lord, man, when you speak to the multitudes, they listen. They didn't say, teach us how to preach. They didn't say, teach us how to perform the miraculous. But they asked him. They were emphatic. They were deliberate. They were intentional. Lord, teach us how to pray. Prayer is a pivoting factor between success and failure. Several verses prior to our text this morning, you find Peter and John had just been arrested. Arrested for what? For when they were entering the temple, there was a crippled man there at that gate which was named Beautiful. And they had seen this man time and time again when they had gone to the temple during the hour of prayer to go into the presence of God, to receive from the presence of God so that they could go and give to others. And so time and time again they had passed this same man. But all of a sudden everything changed this one day. This time when Peter and John were entering the temple and this crippled man who would hold up his cup looking for a donation, a financial contribution, the Holy Spirit came upon Peter and John both. And Peter looked at him and said, I don't have silver. I don't have gold. But I do have the anointing of God. And then he says, what I do have, I'll give to you. Then he said, he looked at the man dead in the eyes. And Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter, by faith, he prayed that prayer. But then scripture continues and says, immediately that man, that crippled man's feet and ankles received strength. And then the scriptures say in the book of Acts, leaping up. I don't know about you, but I'm 66 years old and, and I don't leap up anymore. When I'm playing with the dog on the floor or with my grandchildren, we had a 
couple of them over the house yesterday. And when I get up, I'm there pushing, giving my knees after all of the wear and tear they've had for a lot of years, a little help as I stand on my feet. But in Scripture, this man who had been crippled, his legs, his strength was impotent. Leaping up, he ran into the temple and began to praise God. Now, how many of you would want the Lord to bring a miracle like that through you when you prayed for someone? I know I say amen to that as well. Well, here Peter and John did the right thing, but because of it, they were beaten by the religious leaders, then imprisoned by the religious leaders, and then they were commanded, never again preach in that name of Jesus. And then John looking, Peter and John looking at the religious leaders, and he said, well, you need to decide. Should we obey men or God? What would you do? Would you obey a man or would you obey God? And so they were emphatic. We will not stop preaching in this name. They were released. The Bible says that the religious leaders took note that these men had been with Jesus. The same ones who had abandoned him, betrayed him, ran in fear during the crucifixion. Now they were emboldened. They were, they were different. They, they were filled. Now, after that, they were released. They went back, and they shared their story with all of the believers, these new believers who just weeks prior had received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And when they shared their story, they were elated, and something supernatural happened. It's recorded in Acts chapter 4, verse 29 and 30. Let's look at it. Scripture reads, now, Lord, they, they begin to pray. Remember, prayer is that contact point. They pray, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They were empowered. That riled them up. That was like a halftime pep talk for the Eagles last week. They came out in that second half and just kept it going. It was impressive. They were encouraged. They were refilled. They were excited because all that Jesus had promised that they would do was coming to pass. What do you mean? They were demonstrating the greater things that Jesus spoke of. He says, greater things than these you will do in my name. And this is what inspired this earth-shaking prayer meeting. Because Scripture says, when you read the next verse, which is our text, the place where they were gathered, where they were praying, literally shook. How many of you have ever had God bring a physical manifestation that displays itself in the natural like an earthquake? On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, there were likened unto cloven tongues of fire. They saw a physical manifestation from heaven when the Spirit of the Lord landed upon each, all of the 120. Just like when Jesus was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And so everyone would know something supernatural was happening. God the Father manifested in the natural by having that dove be the representation of the Holy Spirit coming upon His Son. And from that point forward, that's when the ministry, the earthly ministry of Jesus during His incarnation 
began. There is power when we connect with the Lord through Holy Spirit prayer. When we understand it's, it's, it's not just about us, but Lord, what you do for me is so you can do it for others through me. Our finance becomes an extension of God for the purposes of God. Our gifts and abilities, like you see these musicians on the stage, become a blessing from God for us, but so others can be blessed through our gift as we give it back to the Lord. The same is true in every area. Our skills, those who train in the medical profession, our first responders who protect and bless us in this community and other communities, they, yes, are trained, they are qualified, but what they provide winds up not only benefiting them, but it becomes a benefit for everyone that they serve and provide for. And that's why God fills us. He fills us for a purpose. But we, know how, we need to know how to come to that place where that Holy Spirit pump is available so that we can receive that refreshing from His hand. Hallelujah. Here are some profound quotes regarding prayer. Prayer is a game changer. Here's one that I love. To get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. Reverend Billy Graham said that. Satan trembles, another quote, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian. How many of you feel like possibly, don't respond, just internally assess. How many of you feel like maybe you're the weakest Christian? Listen to this statement then. Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on his or her knees. William Cowper said that. I like this one. Prayer breaks all bars, dissolves all chains, opens all prisons, and widens all straits. E.M. Bounds. If you want to read some great works on prayer, he has a whole series on prayer. He's long been with Jesus. But my library is filled with his writings. I would encourage you, if you want to begin to tap in to prayer, begin to read books by great men of God. Yes, read the Word, study the Word of God. That's first and foremost. That's our foundation. But read from others who have learned the secret of how to receive this refill time and time and time again. Prayer that opens prison doors. Prayer that brings health to the afflicted. Prayer is a game changer. Earth-shaking prayer. Do you know it was at the helm on the day of Pentecost? It was at the helm during the Reformation with Luther. It was at the helm during every great awakening and every revival since. Prayer is the common denominator that preceded every great move of God or miracle or divine manifestation. And it was this kind of prayer in our text with the book of Acts Church, the scripture says, filled the place. Did you hear me? Prayer caused the Holy Spirit of God to fill that place where those believers were gathered. That's why being filled with the Holy Spirit is not one, a one-time phenomenon, nor is it restricted to a specific location. Some people say, oh, I, I, I've got to get to church so I can pray. You can have church in your car. You can have church at home. You can have church while you're driving from one destination to another. Pastor, what do you mean? Prayer is something that we can do at any time, any place. 
You can be on the job and quietly under your breath praying and speaking to Almighty God. Prayer can happen anytime, any place. Look at God's response to the prayers of the believers who were gathered together in the book of Acts, our text. Chapter 4, verse 31, our text again reads, And when they had prayed, the place, everybody say the place. That means this is a place where God could move right now. When you get home, that's another place where God could move. Are you hearing me? The place where they were assembled together was shaken. Sometimes I, we, we think there's just like a, an illustrative purpose using the word it was shaken. But it was actually a physical manifestation. What was happening in the spirit realm manifested itself in the natural. The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled. There's another refill. Day of Pentecost had already come. But now through prayer, not only did God show up and shake that place, He also filled them again to do what? To continue to fulfill their purpose in life. The devil wants to derail us. He wants to sidetrack us. He wants to render us powerless. But when we go to the Lord's presence for a refill, everybody say refill. When we begin to say, Lord, I don't really fully understand this thing called prayer. I've seen it by others. And, and Lord, to be quite honest, it, it, it confused me and bored me. But Lord, teach me the Jesus way. Teach me how to pray like he did when he was on earth. If the apostles, the holy apostles, saw the need to learn how to pray that way, Lord, teach us to pray. They were spiritual men. And if they saw the need, then make your prayer, Lord, as you taught them, teach me. Teach me. Lord, make me the man of prayer. Make me the woman of prayer. Lord, I need some change in my life. There are some things that need to be shaken. There are some circumstances and situations that need to change. Lord, teach me how to pray. Earth-shaking prayer. Hallelujah. So you know, when I see and read this, that the Word of God may be spoken with boldness, that was their motive, that they could give back to others what God had given to them. It really showed me that the place of prayer is not really what's sacred. What is sacred is the prayer that happens in the place. So many times we deify a place, right, of prayer. Well, what really is the significance is the prayer that happens in the place. I remember years ago I was at the hospital. My wife was facing something that was very serious. I went into the chapel at Doylestown Hospital before I was pastoring this church. I got on my knees Amen. and I began to cry out to God. I began to intercede. And God was faithful. God was faithful. Hallelujah. I remember times during my life where I was in what be, would be considered the most insignificant place when it comes to spiritual encounters with the Lord, but yet God showed up with great significance. It's not about the place. It's about the prayer that happens in the place. Yeah, I, I had a fellow in, in, in my previous church, and he really wanted God to fill him. And he was crying out for that baptism of fire. And uh, I had preached on it on a Sunday service. 
The next day, or two days later after that service on a Tuesday, my phone rings, and the gentleman says, Pastor, it's so-and-so. I say, hey, brother, good to hear from you. He goes, I got to tell you, I've been crying out for God, you know, to, to fill me. And this gentleman, by the way, was a landscaper. He owned a landscaping firm. And he said, I was out in the fields. I was on my lunch break having a sandwich. I was covered with mud. My truck was, you know, about 8 to 12 inches deep in mud because it had been raining. And during that lunch break, I said, Lord, fill me. And all of a sudden, that baptism of fire came upon me. I said, isn't that great? You didn't have to be in church, but you were out on the job in a field of mud, and God showed up. Why? Because it's not about the place. It's about the prayer that happens in the place. Prayer changes everything. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 7 and 8. David says this. He says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, that's the key. My God. Cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. And look at the response. Look at something spiritual that was manifest in the natural. Then the earth shook. Earth shaking prayer. And trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked. Do you know your prayers when they are Spirit anointed, when we are praying the Jesus way, they even shake all of heaven. Captures God's attention. Heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry, not with you, but with the enemy that would seek to steal, kill, and destroy, to rob us of what God wants. God doesn't want people broken. He doesn't want them filled with sickness and disease. He doesn't want people depressed. He doesn't want people brokenhearted. If that was the case, why did he ever send Jesus? Why would Jesus heal the sick if God wanted to maintain sickness in people? Jesus came to fulfill the will of the Father. God wants to mend the brokenhearted. That's prophesied in Isaiah. He came to mend the brokenhearted. Maybe some of you have been abused in life, abandoned in life, and your heart is broken, and you feel like you just can't seem to recover from all of that pain and those wounds deep within. I'm here to tell you, God heals and mends the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that's the kind of Jesus that I serve and that I love this morning. David even says in Psalm 23, in the midst of the battlefield, in the presence of his enemies, David says, the Lord prepares a table for me. Amen. What do you do at a table? You eat. You're fed. You're filled and refilled with nutrition that strengthens you. And that means even if some of you are walking through a difficult time right now, remember, it's not about the place. It's about the prayer that happens in the place. David understood it. He knew he could have prayer at the table of the Lord, even surrounded by his enemies. And then he would be refilled to go forward and to get the victory, to lead his soldiers, his troops, you know, in success and take the land and conquer. And the Lord wants to do the same for us. Remember, it's not about where you are, but rather who you're with. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes death has a shadow. And, and, and it doesn't look good. You can't be scared by a shadow. Did you hear me? Shadows never killed or hurt anyone. When's the last time a shadow brought devastation against you? Even when the shadow in the valley of death begins to try and cover us, we don't have to fear any evil. Why? Because he is with us. He has a table for us where he'll refill us. Because it's not about the place. It's about the prayer that happens in the place. How many of you prayed this morning when you got up? Excluding your meals. Don't respond, just self-assess. Prayer should be a part of us. Before we came out, Cindy and I were in my office together. We prayed together. I said, Lord, use us. Move in this service today. Speak to hearts. Lord, whatever part you would desire to play in touching and changing lives, use us. Every morning when I get up, I say, Lord, may I be a man who is passionate for your heart, just like David, a man who pursues hard after your own heart. I say, Lord, use me. Change me. Give me wisdom. I pray for wisdom every day. You know, prayer is not about a dedicated time. It's, a, it's about a lifestyle. You live a prayer life. You know, my wife and I, now I'm, I'm so blessed to have her here working at the church with me. Do you know her office is right next to mine? We're constantly talking back and forth through the wall until the staff says, could you please pick up the intercom system? Then we pick up the intercom system so we don't talk so loud. Then when we get in our car, she'll have her car, I'll have mine when she has different errands during the day, and I do, so we can't ride together that particular day. What do we do? When we get in the cars to drive home, we call each other, and we talk from this place. We've just been next to each other for the entire day, then we talk. Now, I'm not saying that to, for people to say, oh, I wish I had a wife like that or a husband like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about relationship. And just as I have that kind of communication with my wife, my spouse, God says we can have that kind of communication with him. Don't put him off. Be conversational throughout the day. If you're on the job, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me insight. Or sometimes just say, hey, Lord, just want to tell you I love you. Lord, you're the best. There's no one like you. Develop that conversation, a lifestyle of prayer. That's what David understood. That's what the book of Acts church that we're reading about understood. In other words, earth-shaking prayer can happen anywhere. Whether in church, driving the car at home, a hospital room, a prison cell, or on a battlefield, God hears and answers prayer. And this is what empowers you and I. Believers, Christians, empowers us to impact people. It's all about people. You can't give to somebody else if God hasn't done something for you first. We receive so we can be a blessing to others. Everything God does in our lives is about others. As I said earlier, we're blessed to be a blessing. Acts 4.33, look at it. And with great power, everybody say great power. And with great power, the apostles gave witness Witness means they testified. When an opportunity presented itself, they talked about the Lord. They were an encouragement. They shared Jesus with people. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And I love this ending sentence. And great grace 
was upon them all. So here you see, and I have it emboldened up there, they had great power, and they also had great grace. It was upon them both. Great power and great grace. Great power and great grace for one purpose. To witness, to testify, to share their faith, to tell others about the Jesus that had become so much a part of their lives. And do you know, a refill is what empowers us to fulfill this calling. A refill helps us fulfill our calling. What is that calling? Revealing Jesus to others. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, when you're constantly in touch with the Lord through prayer, it changes how you live. And then, and then you'll begin to see the results as you're praying. All of these things, God does these so people can see the change in us. They can hear how God can move in their lives. It's all about seeing and hearing. Let your light shine. That's how we let it shine. Why? When we share with others. So in closing, in conclusion, it was the Spirit of God that shook the walls of Jericho. And it was the same Spirit of God that rattled the valley of dry bones. So let me ask this question. Do you feel like you're running on empty? Do you feel like you've been speaking over the dry bones and nothing's happening? Do you feel like you've been speaking over the walls of Jericho that are standing between you and your breakthrough, you and your blessing? Do you feel like you're speaking to those strongholds, those walls, and nothing's happening? If you feel like you're running on empty, then it's time for a refill. Did you hear me? God has not excluded you. He loves you. It's time for a refill. Like the book of Acts church. Ask God to refill you. Cry out for more. Desperate times demand desperate measures. And I've got to tell you, we are living in desperate times right now. So what does that mean? There's a need to be filled over and over again. And the filling is always God's response to our cry more. More, Lord. More, Lord. Oh, there's others that need it more than me. God's reservoir never runs dry. Can you imagine? Had this happen. I was at a crusade, and the Spirit of God was really moving powerfully around the altars. Then, the preacher who was speaking, he said, I want all pastors to come to the front, and I want to pray for pastors. Bring your spouses with you if they're attending as well. So Cindy and I began to make our way out to the front. Then there was a woman with a walker right next to us on the left. And when I tried to get by, she pushed her walker forward so I couldn't get by. I said, excuse me, I, I need to get by. She goes, no. She says, you're not taking my blessing. You're not stealing my healing. I'm not letting you by. She had this misconception that maybe I might receive the last miracle of the night God's power never runs dry God's reservoir never goes empty God's blessing is always inexhaustible and God wants you to cry out for more as well 
cry out for more. The Spirit of God, He wants to empower you. I, I, I don't know about you, after I got saved, I, I was raised in a religious church. People loved God. I'm not saying they didn't love God, but it was a powerless church, a powerless organization. And when I came to the Lord, I said, Lord, if this is all there is, this isn't worth it. I want all that you've promised, all that you're giving, all that you're offering. And so I began to place myself in a position where God could fill me over and over and over again. And it's been that filling that has carried me through the deepest, hardest valleys as well as to the mountaintops where I've seen God show up and display His greatness, not only on my behalf, but on behalf of others. Once is not enough when it comes to being filled with the God, with the Spirit of God. It's only the beginning. Think about it. Even the blind man that Jesus healed in the Scriptures, he needed a second touch. The first touch wasn't enough. But the second touch, that second filling, once is not enough. God wants to fill us time and time and time again. If you're here this morning, and those of you watching online as well, if you're saying, man, I want a refill. I need it. But even beyond my need, I desire it. If that's your desire, I'm going to open these altars in a moment. I'm going to pray for people. So I'd like everyone to stand now. Everyone stand. And I'm going to pray. Cindy and I are going to pray for those that are saying, I need a refill. I want the Lord to teach me how to pray. I want to grow in my understanding. I want to grow in that intimacy. I, I, I want earth-shaking prayer to be a part of my life and my day-to-day activities. God wants to do a work. He wants to show himself faithful. And he's already made a way. He's just waiting for you to ask. Scripture says, you have not because you ask not. So today, it's time to ask. Lord, I want a refill. Amen? Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.